What's going on, guys? I'm Hanada Melendez. This is the Take the World podcast. And today I have my boy on, my boy Jordan. He's, a, he's an aspiring actor, an aspiring model, and he's about to come out with a podcast. So I thought it was perfect time to get him as a guest on my podcast. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, bro? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. Um, I, I hope you're doing well. Uh, we, we've had some conversation, and, and I always say this when I'm doing the podcast. I always talk to my guests before we start recording. So I'll say things yeah. like, I'll say things like, hey, we said this off the podcast, but we, we're going to bring it into the podcast. So um, my boy, just, just tell the listener your story real quick. How old are you? Uh, kind of tell your life story um, in as few words as possible, if, if, if that makes sense. In as few words as possible? Okay, well, uh, I'm 22. You feel me? I've been down here. I've been down here for some years. I've been down here for over probably about, I've known you for about 10 years, so probably about so. I came down here from Queens. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just to sum it up, I was, I so was you from, hold on, real quick, real quick. So you're from New York. You moved to North Carolina. You moved to Charlotte, where, where we met. Right. Right. And I've known you for over 10 years. All right, because... Right. Yeah, yeah, so go ahead. My bad. I'm not even good. Uh, but to sum it up, you feel me? Uh, I, was a, I was a hard head in high school, not going to lie. I did the majority of what I wanted to do. Uh, but just to sum it all up, really, uh, I, le- I learned life, life hit me hard at an early age. So that kind of told me how to be humble, how to how to move differently in order to achieve the level of success I, I would want to have, you know? Because I kind of I've kind of been in I kind of I kind of know how it feels to be in predicaments where you feel like you have next to nothing. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, well, we don't gonna, gotta. Gonna, but. We don't gotta blow past that. So real quick, and I didn't mean like as little words as possible. I meant just sum up uh, your life story. So real quick. Um, so I met you. I want to say you were like 13, 14, because you were, you were coming straight into high school. Uh, I might have met you yeah. before that. I don't know if I met you in middle school uh, or when you were in middle school and I was in high school. Um, but, you know, how was, your, how was your childhood? Like, before you moved to, uh, to Charlotte, you know, what was your life like in New York? Well, before before Charlotte, like life 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 in Queens was, was pretty was pretty sweet. You feel what I'm saying? I wasn't necessarily born there. I did a lot of moving around before that. I was born upstate. And when I moved, when I was born upstate, I left from upstate when I was on the say about five years old. Okay. And from about five, no, from about maybe five to eight, five to five. Yeah, when I moved to Queens when I was eight, and then from eight, I came down here when I met you. When I meet you, like twelve, thirteen. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's one time I met you. But yeah, life 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 in New York was pretty regular. I mean, for me it was. You feel what I'm saying? I stayed with my great grandmother. She had like a she had this nice she had this nice big four story house. Yeah. On the north side of Queens. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't necessarily uh, I didn't necessarily do anything extra while I was out there. You know, I did see a lot though. I seen a few things, but I didn't necessarily take into effect how serious that type of stuff was until I got older. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so so for me, man, like, so I was growing up in New Jersey, and uh, 
And one of the things that I remember in my childhood, so I, I, I went to a, a, it was called, um, I want to say it's called Rittenberg Middle School in Egg Harbor City, New Jersey. And the road that my school was on was called Philadelphia Avenue. And for everybody else that wasn't from there, like a lot of people would call it like Murder Ave. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like the very, it was the very center of my city. And I remember like my uncle would come to visit and before he would go to any store on Philadelphia Avenue, he would drop his kids off at my mom's house because he didn't want them on that street. You know what I'm saying? And so when I was growing up, I went to school there and I remember a very specific time where we were out playing at recess and we would play basketball at recess and uh, there was a fight that was going on right across the street. And it was like nobody cared. And there was two grown men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going on about their business. And we were playing at recess. We were playing basketball. People were running around. People were having fun. And I remember looking across the street and I'm watching these two grown men fight. And this guy is beating the fuck out of this other guy, like beating him to blood. You know what I'm saying? And I just remember looking at that. And then looking around and noticing that nobody else was reacting to it, so I shouldn't react to it. You get what I'm saying? And right, so, kind of teaching you how to mind your business at an early age. Yeah, and so in my head, I was like, "Oh, this is normal. Oh, okay. You know, this is this is just how life is." So, kind of like what you're saying about like. I experienced things or I saw things. Sometimes it takes you moving out of that predicament to realize that was not normal. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so you moved to Charlotte and, you know, how's the adjustment, man? Because I'll tell you right now, for me, and we talked about this the other day, when I moved to Charlotte, it was like I went from a controlled chaos because I was so used to all the shit that was going around me that it made sense, it was normal. And then when I moved to Charlotte, it was so many like different diverse groups of people. And then it was just me, my brother and my mom. So me and my brother just acted an ass. And we were off the fucking leash. We jumped off the porch, as some people would say. And yeah. we were just ready to rock and roll because we, we had grown up in such a place that, like, my mom would fucking rule with an iron, with an iron fist when we lived yeah. in New Jersey because it was so... Uh, she was trying to give us a better life to move to Charlotte. And because we were so young and we didn't understand and we were leaving everything we knew... We we acted the opposite. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So how was your adjustment? Uh, my my adjustment my adjustment really I, I kind of sort of in the same sense as you really kind of pushed me more so I hop, I hop off the push. You feel me? Because I was I I was raised with my grandmother. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And she had the she had she had the opposite mindset. She had the mindset that if 
if she kept me, if she, just to sum it up, if she kept me sheltered forever, that would equal me being successful. But the cousins I grew up around knew that would not be the case. So they kind of, they kind of exposed me to some things that, that, that were proper, of course, at, at an early age. You feel what I'm saying? As far as like uh, just some simple, small stuff like rap music or a lot of money. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or just, you feel me, just, just stuff like that in general because they knew that that, that wasn't going to be for me. So when I when I moved out of out of being with them every day to being down here and not seeing them as much, you feel what I'm saying? That kind of, that kind of, it kind of was a change for me, really. And then the fact we were down south, I didn't really, I didn't really know what much to expect down there. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not gonna lie. When I when we first came down here, we had a we had a spot. We had a spot for about I want to say a little less than a year, and we winded up me and me and my grandmother due to uh, situations going on in the house. We winded up getting evicted, and then we winded up moving down the street to where you see me at now. Whenever you come out here, if you remember that house. But, yeah, yeah, right down the road from me. Right down the road yeah, from my mom's house. Yeah, right. So when I uh, when I when I first got down here, I started getting into school. I got I got here and I started going to Southwest. So so when I when I first got there, and uh, I, I believe before I met you, we had a mutual friend. But yeah, well, real quick, you know man. So like something that I noticed, and this was something that was crazy to me, right? So uh, yeah. I got a best friend from New Jersey that we grew up together. His name's Michael. And we would talk. You know, I had saw him when he came out here and we talked and my wife was uh my wife was at the table when we were talking. And I told him I said, "Yo, man, you know how many people uh that we know that are dead, that are fucking in prison. Uh I have more friends that have died from New Jersey than I have that are alive now." And and, and, and the sad part is, you know, me and him are talking about this and my wife for the first time in our entire relationship starts to realize that everything that goes on in my head is not coming out of nowhere. It's all based on this life that I have been given, this hand that I have been dealt, that I've just, right. I've just decided that I have to do the best with it. Um, and with that comes flaws, you know what I'm saying? So when I was a kid, when I was growing up in New Jersey, there was something you would do. And uh, so we went to the breakfast program. Uh, my mom, you know, we didn't have money, so we got free breakfast and free lunch. And we would go to the breakfast program. And if you got into a fight before school started, you would be suspended for one day. And so if Monday came around and I got into a fight during the breakfast program, I would be suspended for Monday, the day of school. So I would be back to school on Tuesday. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then when I started, when I moved to Charlotte and I got into a fight at middle school, in eighth grade is when I moved, I got suspended for 10 days. And my mom was yeah. like, Yo, you're gonna keep him out of school for two weeks? What the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the that, thing that, is, that's the whole, that's the whole change right there. Yeah, and then how much they took it so much more serious. Like, to me, I had grew up with gangs my whole life. 
all the uh-huh. all the all the uh, all the you know minorities in my neighborhood and my city. Every Hispanic person was Puerto Rican, and there was like five black guys, or five white people that went to my school. Other than that, my whole city was like blacks with like Bloods and Crips, and then the Hispanics were all Latin Kings. And so like the barbershop I went to was all Puerto Ricans. The candy store I went to was all Puerto Ricans. The fucking sandwich shop I went to down the road was all Puerto Ricans. The first time in my life that I had ever met a Hispanic person that wasn't Puerto Rican, I was 13 years old. That's a crazy change. Good God. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking. Hey, I'm just. Now I'm just thinking. My bad. I'm just thinking about that because that is a crazy ass change. Yeah, bro. So it was a it was a big change to me, and I remember like specifically like in middle school, man, uh, being around different dudes, and you know listening to these guys that were talking about like being gang members or being this or being mm-hmm. that, and uh, I'm like, bro, I only know of three gangs: Bloods, Crips, Latin Kings. I've never heard of any other gang in my entire life. And to me, at the time, when I was 13, I was like, man, all that shit is fake. Y'all making that shit up. Y'all not even from no fucking, you're not even from no hard shit. Because I I moved to Charlotte, and we got a house way bigger than the house we had. We lived in a neighborhood way nicer than the house we, uh, uh, neighborhood than we had. And then we lived in a city that looked way nicer than the city we lived in. So I was like, damn, bro, like, y'all faking the funk. And it was only until later that I realized, like, so many people move from different places and they come yeah. to Charlotte. But I had came in with that, like, hard-headed, I'm from up north mentality where I wasn't really adjusting well, at least for that first year. That's a fact. That's a fact. I was, I was really the same way because... <clears throat> When I first came down there, I wasn't really listening to anybody too much because I felt like you didn't, you didn't, you didn't go through enough, or you can't relate to me enough to tell me anything. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like you couldn't, you didn't know me enough, and you couldn't relate to me enough to really tell me much of anything. So I really didn't listen to anybody too much until I wanted to be enough. I ran into, uh, I'm not gonna say any names. I'm not gonna say any names, but yeah. I ran into a, I ran into a, an older individual who was from up north himself, who. <clears throat> you feel what I'm saying? He he kind of he kind of put game talk game with me a little bit, just put put shit in my head. You feel what I'm saying? And at the same time, he was also he was also involved in that in that lifestyle. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So that kind of that kind of that kind of sort of just pushed more towards my influence to do to do the stuff that I did. For me, as far as like just just throwing random stuff out there, like I, I was selling drugs at one point in time. You feel what I'm saying? Or yeah. just doing doing other random high stuff and in the sort but yeah 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 and and we don't gotta go you know what i'm saying uh i think that the benefit of talking to you and and talking to people that i've you know i grew up with excuse me is that you 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 knew me longer than i got to know myself and you knew me at a time where i was i was angry I was fucking like, I didn't really know. But even at those times, uh, 
I was trying to like lead. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to guide yeah. young cats to get away from the shit that, that I was so trapped up in because my mind was so gone for a lot of my life that I had felt like, yo, there was no, there would be no better life for me. But if I can tell this one dude that's a year younger than me or two years younger than me that, uh, that uh, you know, you can do better and you deserve a better life, da 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 that I was having an impact. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't take away yeah. from the fact that, you know, you were you were a younger dude and, and you were my homie and, and we had some other cats that we hung around with and I was a negative influence too. I was I was the both sides of both coins. Uh uh both sides of a coin because I was also I was also giving y'all information about, you know, negative shit and glorifying that because that's where I was at. But then I was trying to tell y'all like, hey man, don't fuck up, don't do this. Um, I think what really changed for me, you know, was obviously, and you know this, was like my mom passing. And mm -hmm. I, started, I started to decide like, man, I need to live a better life. Oh, nah, because you feel me, let's, uh, like you said, I mean, if you want to put it like that, then you can say you were a negative influence, but at the same time, you, you kind of just sort of, Put, put game on to us how to, how, to get, how to get to it out here. You feel what I'm saying? And you called me at an at a age where I was really impressionable. I'm not, let, me, let me not say that, but at a time where I was willing to soak in anything I needed to be more successful. At, at the point in time, I was that. You feel what I'm saying? So when you, when you, decided, when you decided to stop, you feel me? All, all that, all, only thing I knew was <laughs> what I was taught. You feel what I'm saying? So I just kept on using that to my advantage. And then whatever else I was taught along the way, that's what I, that's what I had to, that's what I kind of had to use. You see what I'm saying? So I, I, don't, I don't really want to say a negative influence, but it's all about how you take in the information you give. You know? Man, I, I'll tell you right now, bro, like, and it's 100%, like, look, when I was growing up, man, I saw everything. Like I, like I said, like I was growing up in New Jersey, I saw what life was. And it wasn't no weed, bro. It was heroin. Like... Yeah. I know dudes that I grew up with that, you know, died by the needle. You know what I'm saying? And and, uh, and when I moved to Charlotte, I wasn't about no motherfucking, like, on some pack shit. I wasn't no selling drugs. I wasn't nothing like that. Um, but as I got older and, and the relationship with my mom was falling through, it became something that was very evident. So... I'm not going to say no names because the, the dude that I was living with really saved my life, man. But when my mom kicked me out when I was 14, uh, I started living with a friend of mine that was selling drugs and he had his own apartment. And so he was fucking 16. He was 16 years old. He had his own apartment. And yeah. it was because he was selling drugs. And so he told me, he said, yo, bro, if you're going to live here, you know, you got to get the packs moving. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm all in. And I started doing that and I started working, but I had a vision. I wasn't getting high on my shit. I wasn't doing nothing that, you know, whatever. I was different, bro. I work around the clock. I, I was on my shit. I wanted to, you know, I, I, I tell everybody, man, I, I hustle my fucking face off because that's all I knew. And then I carry that over to my life now where I'm doing everything right. 
And I keep that mind, I keep that mindset of like, yo, if I don't work, I don't eat. You know what I'm saying? And uh And you don't think that can you you don't you don't think that can that can put some type of depression on you? No, it does. It does. And so yeah. I, I wanted to finish this thought because what you said that when I met you, it could have it could have kind of been a negative a negative influence. But at the same time, I was trying to teach I was trying to teach dudes what I was seeing. I wasn't necessarily yeah. teaching them the right lesson. I was just trying to tell y'all what I was doing. I was trying to give y'all the fucking way because at the time, man, like with my mom and my whole life situation, especially like around 16, man, nobody could have told me shit. You feel what I'm saying? Like yeah. if, if somebody would have said, hey, bro, you keep going down this fucking path and you're going to die by 18, I would have told them to go fuck themselves. And that was who I was. And, and to, to come now as a person that has gone so far above and beyond of like actually being a good person, uh, to look back at that, I actually look at like failures around me. And I look at, you know, teachers and I look at counselors and I look at, you know, whatever, whoever. And I say, damn, bro, you didn't see that I was crying out for help. But at the same time, you know, it's that saying of like, hurt people, hurt people. My, yeah. my bro, you know, when I was 15 and you were 13, I couldn't tell you anything outside of my life. So I couldn't tell you that you could make a way, you know, being positive, you feel me? Because you that- didn't know that at that time. Exactly. So do I admit that I was a negative influence on a lot of people? Yeah, of course. There was people I treated like shit, bro. There's people that I fought. There's people that I, you know, whatever, that I did some fucking, you know, grimy shit to when I was a kid that if, if I could look back now, I'm like, damn, bro, I was a bum. You feel me? But I can't take that back. All I can do is grow from it. All I can do is say, hey, man, like, yo, if you knew me at fucking 15 to 17, dog, you didn't know me. You, you knew some dude that was trying to figure life out because I didn't know shit. I don't even know shit now when I'm 25. Say that again? No, I'm saying that's, that's, that's at the point in time where all the process is still growing. You feel what I'm saying? People, yeah. People can't. If people, people, if people haven't seen you in years and they see you and they think you're on the same type of time and you want from high school, you feel what I'm saying? Then that's how you know that they don't know you at all. And the you thing know? that... The thing that bothers me, bro, and uh, I kind of want to go go right back into, into your story and how you got to how you where how where you're at now. But uh, yeah. one of the things that bothers me about Charlotte is that everybody knows each other. Everybody knows each other from high school. Everybody knows each other from you know whatever. And so I got friends, and you know my friends back there. You're one of them. But I have friends that are in predicaments now where like everywhere they go, they're reminded of high school. And dog, if, you, if you're judging my character, like I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a veteran, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a podcast host, I'm a trainer. There you go, talk I'm, about it. I'm, I'm so many things. But if you judge me from 
being in high school that I'm just a fucking gangster and I'm a criminal and I'm some fucking kid that gets locked up at school because he doesn't know how to fucking control himself. And if that's what you're judging me off of, then where do I get to prove that I'm not that? But see, that's, that's, that's the thing, though. You have, you have nothing to prove to them. Because when you, when, you, when you do what you know you need to do to become successful, your work will speak for itself. You feel what I'm saying? Exactly. So I want you, yeah, to, so. I, I want you to go into your life, you know, your high school experience, especially towards the end, and then kind mm -hmm. of tell the listener, man, be open and tell the listener, like, <clears throat> sometimes it's much easier to fall into the bad than it is to follow the good. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, mm -hmm. I was in in-school suspension, ISS, in eighth grade, and we had this teacher. He was a history teacher named Mr. Murray, and he was a, he was a black dude with dreads, and he had lived in the South his whole life, so he would wear a Confederate flag belt buckle. And I'm in ISS one day, and uh, he looks at me, and this is after, like, getting suspended for 10 days. This is after fucking, you know, getting threatened to get expelled, all this shit. And this is my first year in North Carolina. Uh, Mr. Murray says, hey, uh, do you know what the easiest thing to get into is and the hardest thing to get out of. And I was like, nah, man, what? And he told me, he said, he said, trouble. It's the easiest thing to get into and it's the hardest thing to get out of. And we don't talk about it enough. And- But uh, see, see the crazy thing, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and that's something we need to talk about. Yeah, but the crazy thing is about that, we sometimes the thing that we see going up, we don't look at as trouble. You feel what I'm saying? Just cause just just on a random note, like like if you if you if you have a big family and you see you see one cousin working a nine to five, but he's struggling to meet every need, kind of going check by check. But you got another cousin that's out here selling coke, and everything is good for him. Everything is lavish for him. When when you when you when you're younger and you see that. You see that type of stuff going up. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, it, it 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 doesn't look like trouble. It, it looks like it looks like luxury. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So we don't we don't we don't talk we don't talk about it enough because we 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 don't look at trouble for what it is when we see it. You feel me? Everybody, so, some people look at trouble as like a as as a, a benefit or a gain. They don't always look at that struggle and so they and stuff. But shit really hits the fan for me. Yeah, but would you say, okay, so then would you say that it's open to interpretation? And and before you, you answer that, I'm going to say 100% it is because the way that I reacted to my life when I was growing up, you know, I'm 25 now and I've been able to look back and I've been able to reflect and if somebody told me that I shouldn't have reacted that way, I'd tell them to go fuck themselves because they don't know what I was going through. They didn't live, you know, what I was living. And from fucking, you know, 13 to fucking 25, I've had to face the reality of my life head on this whole time. And never once 
did anybody come into my fucking life and tell me that, you know, oh, I'll make it work for you. Nobody's giving me a fucking handout. Nobody's fucking paid a bill. Nobody's fucking, none of that. So if you think, like, it's open to interpretation, like you said, like, if you see your cousin doing better, but he's doing something a little off, it's like, yo, well, I also want to do better. And I don't know better because that's the saying, bro. If I knew better, I would do better. My problem is I didn't have a fucking, I didn't have a father. And I didn't have an older brother that was going to tell me, you know, I did. I did have an older brother, my older brother, Anthony, and my older brother, Gil, that would give me fucking advice after shit hit the fan. But nobody was promising me a better life. Nobody was promising me that shit would get better if I just fucking put my head down. So instead of putting my head down, I jumped into the next fucking shit I could do. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a fact. I did the exact same thing. You feel what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. And I, and I'm and I'm the oldest of five. You feel what I'm saying? I wasn't raised with all my siblings, but I, I I didn't I didn't necessarily have anybody on me like like 24/7 to tell me or let me know that there's another way, there's a better way. You feel what I'm saying? Every every time every time I got in trouble, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't. Yo, you can do this instead of doing that. There there's. You can go to school for this instead of doing that. It was always, yo, you can't be, you, you can't get caught next up. This is how you really do it, or this is how you're supposed to do it. You, you feel what I'm saying? Well, and the thing is, man, like I was labeled a fuck up. Like that's the whole thing. Is like, my whole life, I was the fucking problem child. I was a problem child in kindergarten when I got a, when I got suspended for fighting. I was a problem child mm -hmm. in preschool when I got kicked out of my preschool for fighting. Like, I got kicked out of preschool for fighting, bro. It never stopped. Yeah. <laughs> like, it never stopped. I never stopped. I just got worse. And I kept getting worse, and I kept getting worse, and then life got worse, and I reacted to it. And so you're trying to tell some fucking angry kid that's been angry all his fucking life that he needs to act appropriately? It don't make sense. It don't make sense to... Uh, to to, to fucking, you know, judge off of, you know what I'm saying? To yeah. judge off of, you know, what you think your character should be if you were in that situation, but you never are. You know what I'm saying? My mom's been defending me my whole life. Like, my mom defended me my whole life. I get suspended for every single year that I've been in school. I got suspended more than two or three times for fighting. I've been fighting my whole motherfucking life. It never stopped. You knew that. When we met, you yeah. knew I would fight anybody that came along. I wasn't yeah, no, I, I, I wasn't no, you know, I wasn't about no shooting. I wasn't going to stab nobody. I wasn't going to do nothing like that. But if it came down to fighting, at least I'd do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I didn't have nobody telling me it was wrong. I didn't have anybody telling me, oh, you need to talk out your problems. Oh, you, maybe, you know, physical violence isn't the answer because you know what happened when I went home? I went home, my mom would be mad, my mom would be drunk, and she would hit us. And so what did I learn? I learned that if I act violently, I'll come home and my mom will act violently, and then we go from there. 
Yeah, but you also got to keep in mind that uh, as men getting older, we don't, we never told the to father about our problems. We really told to suck it up. You know, keep, keep, uh, we're not we're not told to vent and express our feelings. You get what I'm saying? That, exactly. That's not, that's not that's not we as what. And I feel like that's that's how, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Toxic masculinity. You feel me? That's that, that's really what that is because it's not really you're not really giving us an outlet. You're, you're just saying that we have to. We had to we had to be these boulders twenty four seven and any feelings we have we got to eat that you feel what I'm saying when I told to really talk about it or express how we feel yeah which can which can lead to which can lead to more stuff like you feel me fighting or like just like and any just anything that can potentially damage you in the long run it can just, it can just lead you to more negative negative situations or opportunities you know well it, something that I think about and I've talked about toxic masculinity on this fucking podcast multiple times and I think anybody you know if if you're a if you're a woman that's deciding that anything of a man being manly is toxic masculinity then just fucking put the mirror on yourself you don't want men talking about women issues you shouldn't talk about men issues uh yeah the problem with men and I've said this a million times on this podcast and I'll say it again the problem is is that we don't have enough good men Checking bad men. That's the problem. Elaborate that a little bit. Elaborate that a little bit. Okay, so what I, for example, you know, we're we're friends. We're best friends. We're we're best friends. I've known you for so long. Yeah. I consider you as my fucking blood brother. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. So one of the things that I would never allow you to do is you would never ever in your life openly talk to me about taking advantage of a woman in any in any shape or form so if if you were like hey bro you know i took this girl home you know i popped a little pill in her drink da 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 bill cosby i'd be like yo what the fuck you just say yeah what but the problem is the problem is is that we don't have enough good men talking about bad men that's the toxic masculinity bro that's the okay. problem so 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 one example of that would be is you have a clique of friends and one friend has a kid he knows of but doesn't do shit for him is that a form of toxic masculinity exactly okay and and that's still your boy okay. so yeah. we know we know the guy i'm talking about let's go into story time you were, you know Niles. Niles, my boy. I love Niles to death. Um, yeah, I love my boy. Niles and I, Niles and I had a mutual friend, and our mutual yeah. friend had a child. And not only did he have a child with this girl, he was abusing her. And when Niles found out about it, when all of this shit came out, because we didn't know. But when all of this shit came out, Niles was like, yo, I'm going to fucking kill him. I'm going to kill him. And, and, you know, me and him talked, and his baby mama talked, and baby mama was like, no, 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 I love this guy, da di da di da And she didn't want to admit that he was abusing her. But people had saw it. It happened in school. You know what I'm saying? The problem is, is that at that time, we had got pushed away from speaking out about this, this certain friend, but we weren't friends with him anymore. 
the relationship was broken because I'll never respect a man that doesn't raise his kids and I'll never respect a man that abuses his girl. But at the same token, what if we just, hey, that's not my business. That's not my business, bro. If she's okay with it, I'm okay with it. That's 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 a form of toxic masculinity right there. Because you're kind of in a in a sense you are, but you aren't. But you're really leading more so on the R side. You're kind of encouraging it. Yeah. Because you know? it really, it really at the end of the day, it really shouldn't matter who it is that's doing it. And that's you know and that's so. And that's the conversation that needs to be had. The conversation of toxic masculinity is when are we gonna start checking our own people? When am I gonna walk up to the homie and say, nah, bro, on everything, that's not how you should fucking rock. We're not supposed to fucking poison our children. We're not supposed to fucking destroy our neighborhoods. We're not supposed to fucking hurt our women. We're supposed to uplift everything because that's where we get our power from. You feel right, what I'm right. saying? However, 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 that's how, that's how you think. You feel what I'm saying? You, you can't, you, you cannot, at the end of the day, you can't get upset at what other people choose to do. Only thing you can do is make sure you're not contrib contributing to what, to what you're not trying to do. You know what I'm saying? No, okay, I think that's... Because if you're, speak, if you're speaking like that, wait, go ahead, what did you say? I, I... Bro, respectfully, I think you're wrong. I don't think I, that's I, I true. Figured. I don't think that's true. Just because, just because you think a certain way and I know the right way, should I not tell you? Is that what you're saying? No, I, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is you can tell them. But what I'm saying is what they choose to do with that information is entirely on them. I'm saying just no, because yeah, you tell yeah. them. I agree with you on that. I can't force nobody yeah. to drink a water. I, I, dr I can't force nobody to drink water, but I can bring them to the fucking water. But it's yeah, my yeah. job. It's my job to bring them to the water. But the difference between, you know, somebody that's condoning an action and somebody that's not is if you don't drink the motherfucking water and get right, then we're not friends anymore. You get what I'm saying? If you're poisoning... Yeah. If you're poisoning the people, if you're abusing your girl, if you're neglecting your child, if you're doing any of these things, it's up to me to say, hey, bro, I can't condone that. And if not condoning that means, yo, we don't fucking kick it, we just don't kick it no more. Because if I decide that we're still friends after I've laid that motherfucking line in the sand, you know what that just taught you? I'm not a man of shit. And you can exactly. keep doing you can keep doing whatever you want to do and I'm not going to motherfucking stop you. And I'm not going to step in and I'm not going to speak out because I value our quote unquote friendship more than I value these these opinions or these lessons that I'm trying to teach. Yeah. So yeah. more than your more than your ethics, you feel me? And so I'll be damned, I'll be damned if I'm open you know i'm chilling with a dude that's openly beating his girl so it comes down to ethics and it comes down to morals and it comes down to your character and what you're willing to stand on and so for me you and i don't have to think the same way you and i don't have the same path in life 
that we're going to live, but what I expect from you is a level of respect for yourself. And as long as you have a level of respect for yourself, and you, and you know this, because as we get deeper into your story, you were surrounding yourself around people that weren't respecting themselves. Yeah, that's a fact. Not at all. And so, you know what I'm saying? where do you go from that? I mean... I mean, once again, once again, you, everything, everything is not always what it seems 100%. You know what I'm saying? What we, what we see now is in not respecting themselves. We seen as cool when we were younger. Well, I, what I seen as cool when I was younger because, you know what I'm saying, apparently at that point in time, that, that's, that's what it was. You feel what I'm saying? So, so, so from the outside looking in, the group of people I started involving myself with. You feel me? I'm not going to put a specific or exact label on it. Just yeah, yeah. Conversation. But... The, uh, the group of people I was surrounding myself with, they they weren't necessarily from they weren't they weren't necessarily doing what they they weren't necessarily operating or making any moves to benefit themselves for for the future, only for the present and for a very very short time. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so to sum it up, sum it up. I'm more, I'm more of a planner now. I, I really, I don't live day by day. But they were literally living day by day. You know what I'm saying? Living day by day, doing whatever quick opportunity came to them, and and that's and that's and that's eventually the type of mindset I wanted to develop too. Because if, you, if you're the only one with the mindset outside of that, and the group of people with that negative mindset, you're gonna wind up feeling that negative mindset. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so yeah, 100%. Well, my question is this then, and, and this is specific to you, yeah. is how many times in your life have you been cognitive of something that was negative and your group of friends and your, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. and then you decided like, yo, because this is my boy, uh, I'm gonna just let that shit slide, and I'll say a hundred percent, bro. And not on no crazy shit. It wasn't on no motherfucking, you know, abuse type no. shit. It wasn't on no motherfucking like, nah. There's there's certain shit I just don't play about. Yeah. So I'm not saying that I haven't condoned uh some wild shit on like a physical like like being violent towards other people or or selling drugs or doing something that you know would would put you on the other side of the table. But yeah. I've never condoned any kind of violence towards women, any kind of neglect towards children. I've never allowed anyone around me to like, you know, openly talk about things that went, went against my morals, even though I was living in a space in my head where like it was fuck everybody. I still had like these very heavy uh, uh, morals. Yeah, that's a fact. I, I was the same way with you. It was always that, that certain line you usually couldn't cross. You know? So uh yeah, I can definitely I can definitely relate to that hundred percent. Because I was really I even even though even though, like you said, growing up I was I was never really against hitting women at all. Women or kids, especially women. Like I was just, I was really big on women and not hitting them because I feel like women are not held to a high enough standard for what they go through. You know what I'm saying? So I always held women to a bit of a higher standard. So I always kinda I mean I mean I am not I'm not saying I'm not saying baby, I'm just saying you have to you have to tend to them a little bit more care. You know what I'm saying? So but as far as the other stuff I condone, yeah, I def I, I definitely condone that. Nobody's perfect though. You know that bro. You, we all done 
you feel me? We all done did some things that we wouldn't condone up today. You know? Yeah, I mean, so, I think that I think that we have this value and something that always fucked me up. And uh, I always see people joking about this, about like when people talk about like single mothers and you hear dudes yeah. talking about like single mothers. It's like my boy, like I grew up in a single mother household. My mom was 55 when she adopted me and my brother at motherfucking three and one years old. Like I'm a hold respect for women no matter what. And, and when I see men that are bashing single mothers or they bash their baby moms or, or, or whatever, like that's clownery to me because dog, like that shit makes the world go round. I don't know a lot of people that have fathers. Truth be told, like I know more guys, I know more guys in my life that were raised by single mothers or their grandmother or their fucking aunt or whatever than I do with dudes that had full households. Oh yeah, you already know, bro. I'm one of them. You know, man, I got a father for growing up. You know what I'm saying? My my, I I really grew up around really mainly women, and then when I when I and then when I moved down here and everybody else that had, all the other time they had in New York started coming down here, two of y'all wanted up staying in one house, which is the house that you, that, once again, the house that you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was really, I was really one of the only males in the house at one point in time. It was me, my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my aunt, and only males there was was my two little brothers. And at, at that point in time, I was really, so I was the oldest male in the house and I was only like 13. 13, 14, 13, you feel me? So it wasn't really, it wasn't really a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of structure like it should have been. Because that, that, that male, that, having that, having that male figure in your life can't really make all the difference. You know what I'm saying? Some, some cases might be good, but some cases might be bad, but in, in more cases than not, it can really benefit. Because I, I personally feel like missing that father figure in your life can, that, that, that leads to a lack of structure. You know what I'm saying? You man, know, like, I, a, like a lack of discipline at an early age. Man, I think that one of the things that a lot of people, uh, they push to the side the idea that you don't necessarily need a father figure. And, and I'll tell you right now, because most of the quote-unquote father figures in my life that I have now, they were not in positions of like a father figure. They are male figures. They are men that decided to step into my life to give me a motherfucking guiding principle that I can use to move forward. My biggest, my biggest quote unquote father figure is my older brother Gil, and he's my older brother, and I've always looked at him as an older brother, but now, as an adult, I can say, damn, he stepped in the place of a father, and and that's the thing, man. Like, I think what's extremely undervalued, and again, when we talk about toxic masculinity, is the idea that men can be raised by women. Yes, I can be raised by a woman to be a good man, but I cannot be raised by a woman to be a great man. To be a great man, you need a man in your life that is teaching you the principles. Do you understand what I'm saying? You need somebody... You need somebody to step in to teach you the principles, to, excuse me, to teach you the morals, to teach you the understanding of what it actually means to provide, to respect, to build, to, to, uh, to create vision in your life that you would not have if 
you only got raised by a woman. Now me, I had an older mom that was a motherfucking G. When I would cry as a kid, my mom would be like, don't cry, you're not a little girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I didn't really get that, like, I didn't get coddled. My mom would hit me in the motherfucking mouth. My mom would tell me like, yo, shut the fuck up, da 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 da. But at the same time, she would teach me subtle principles. She'd say, if you're gonna buy your car, you buy your car by yourself. If you buy it yourself, nobody can take it away from you. Nobody can say that you bought it. You have a phone, you pay your phone bill. So nobody can take it away, with, uh, away from you because you bought yeah. it. You buy a house, you buy that motherfucking house by yourself so that nobody can say they gave it to you. You bought it. She was trying to, she was trying to instill that, that independent feeling at the early age. But you know what it was? She was compensating. Yeah. She was compensating for the fact that I didn't have a father figure in my life, that I didn't have a dominant male in my life that's telling me, yo, you need to get your shit together. One of the biggest things about having my son before I adopted him was deciding whether or not I was going to be a benefit to his life. And a part of me deciding whether or not I was going to be a benefit to his life was the day he turns motherfucking 16 and he's hit puberty and he thinks he knows what life's all about and he starts to challenge the motherfucking, you know, dynamic of the household. If I can pull him back, if I can pull him back and say, look, man, I motherfucking went through life already. I've already been there. I've already done that shit. You think you're going down a fucking path untouched? Nah, bro. I've been there. I lived there and I almost died there. Let's try to turn around. You feel what I'm saying? Cause yeah, cause you're not trying to go through that if you don't need to, if you don't have to. But but you know you what know? the thing is, bro, is that motherfuckers that don't have a dad, motherfuckers that don't have the father figure, that they don't have that dominant, you know, they start to think they're fucking untouchable. Because what's my mom gonna do? My mom's not gonna stop me. If my motherfucking mom can't stop me, and she's the only, she's the only person that I respect as far as like. Uh, excuse me, disciplinary, then I'm not looking at school to discipline me. I'm not looking at motherfucking a counselor to tell me, oh, I done fucked up and I'm not going to graduate on time. Or I'm not looking at a motherfucking police officer that's saying, hey, bro, when I put you in these handcuffs and you go to adult jail, motherfucker, you better learn or you're going to come right back here. Because I had already broke that chain of discipline. You feel what I'm saying? Because I didn't yeah. have I didn't have anybody to grab me by my motherfucking shirt, pull me to the side, and if he had to punch me in the motherfucking chest and tell me, yo, you better start fucking listening. Yeah, I didn't that's have that. Because, that's because, that's because, that's because if you don't have a father figure. That is, that's literally how the world is kind of going. If you don't have a father figure, there's a small chance another one, another man is going to do it for do it for him. You feel me? And, that, and that's and, that, and that's just that. It's, it's a real small chance. And when you have, when you don't have that father figure, that leaves you out in the world to 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 figure out what a man is on your own accord. Not not to say that it, that's proper or above the general definition, but you have to figure that out for yourself. 
You feel me? You don't have anybody to put you to the side like, yo, listen, you guys, hey, man, can we do it, man? You don't have anybody to put you to the side and teach you about life before you go through life itself. Because you have to share that with your business now that you don't have a father figure. All you have is a mother who can be there to shelter you, but now that I'm out of ten, she can't. She can't, she can't teach a man how to be a man. That's really about to sum that up. She can't show, she can't tell you how a man should react when you're going through hard times. Telling, telling a child to suck it up whenever they feel in a way, that's one of the things you really should not do. Because it's better to really let out how they feel and not hold anything in. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But, but growing up, we're not, we're not, we're not taught that because we're taught that let, let, let me know how you feel. That's considered soft and pussy. You know what I'm saying? When in reality, when in reality, that, that, that makes you mentally healthier. Because I personally feel like keeping emotion like that in is kind of sort of holding holding stuff back, and you have to say what's on your mind. You feel yeah, what I'm exactly. saying? You, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm, I mean, there's a time and place for everything, of course, but just a little bit of common sense in there. And you 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 just say what's on your mind because holding it back can be toxic because it can all blow up at the wrong time when you don't want it to. You feel what I'm saying? And that's what a man is supposed to be there to teach you is how to how to, what to do with those emotions, how to properly react to situations at hand. Because when once, once those emotions build up, you feel me, everybody tends to react differently. And some ways are worse than others. And those ways will not always be, be in your favor because there's always going to be somebody better than you at whatever it is you're trying to do. It's just about, it's just about staying in your own lane. But once again, when you don't have a positive thing to teach you that, you're forced to kind of sort of drift off into the world on your own accord and, and it might take you a longer time move. It might take you a longer time than others, but you're gonna have to wind up going through going through hardship on your own accord, going through life itself without that father figure. Because you that but that at the same time that also can help you build more character. You know? So there's 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 goods and negatives to every situation it depends on how you look at it. Because that not having a father figure can also help you build character depending on how you react from what you go through. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, so let's go <clears throat> let's all right, all right. So let's get back to uh, because I think everything we said is important, and I think it's going to play a major factor into how we follow up on on your life story. Yeah. Um. So let's go into you know uh, you running into you know situations, and 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 I won't speak on it. You can speak on it. Uh, oh, yeah. Just just uh, finding yourself. But but you know what I want you to do before you tell, you know, the situation. I want you to tell me leading up to it, because, you know, one of the things that I've said. Now I adopted my son what two years ago. He's yeah. about to be four. I want to say I adopted him two years ago. I've been around him since he was six months old. Um, and something I've noticed, bro. And maybe it's just the dynamic of our household, but I, I've seen it with a lot of other guys too, is 90% of being a father is just being there. Um, the mom has the fucking hardest job, for real. Because my motherfucking son, he is attached to my wife at the hip. Like, mm -hmm. if, if she's home, he's under her fucking, he, he's just, he don't want nobody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that's it. Like, that's how it's always been for as long as I've known her. Um, and I see it with every child that I come around. Uh, every child that I see is like, 
you know, at the hip to the mom, but the dad's just kind of there, just kind of like, as long as I'm here, I'm doing good. You know what I'm saying? And so Mm -hmm. sometimes when I see dudes that are motherfucking complaining about having kids and shit, it's like, bro, you halfway show up. All you have to do is show up, bro. You feel what I'm saying? Like, you're not really, you know, you know, just be there, be there mentally, be there physically, be there emotionally. And, and that shit will come because my son, he'll come downstairs and he'll chill with me. He'll come downstairs and he'll motherfucking play some video games or do some motherfucking, you know, goofball shit with me. But at the same time, like when he's ready to go to bed, he only wants to see his mom. When he wakes yeah. up in the morning and she's not in the bed, he starts fucking running around the house and crying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he don't do that shit to me. But I want you to tell your story and 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 how you, you know, how you how you move forward and and kind of how you experience life after all these you know, like we said, we yeah. talked about like not having a father. We talked about only having, you know, dominant females in our life. And then yeah. we we go to a place where we're 16, we're 17, we're 18. And, you know, one of the hardest things in my life was when I was 18 and I was out of high school, me and my mother's relationship became drastically better. And then I lost her. And so... For the longest time, and I'm 25 now, and my mom passed seven years ago, is, uh, is that I couldn't accept that I did enough when she was alive. But I didn't know then what I know now. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, but we all have to learn the hard way. So, so I want you to go into your story, and I want you to go in to, to you learning the hard way, you you know, dealing with your trials and tribulations and how you've come out on the other side because I've said it before and I'll say it again a million times. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of how you faced adversity. I'm proud of how you faced, you know, something that you got yourself into. And instead of coming out on the other side better, instead of coming out on the other side and, and willing to do worse, you came out on the other side and you decided you would do better. And that's why I'm having you on here today. So, 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 go into your story, man. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bend up to that point. But I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. Uh, well, you know, when I was in, when I was in high school, you feel me? Uh, like I said, let me let me let me explain my crib to you. It was it was me, my mother, my grandmother, and my great grandmother, and my aunt, my uncle. But my uncle came into the field a, a few later, like a, a year or two after the fact. But it was my aunt and my two younger brothers. So all in all, that's about nine people. And my and my aunt had a had a had a son. So that's my cousin. You know what I'm saying? But I I, I wanted up sharing the room with like uh believe it or not, I wanted to share the room. I, I, it was we had a we had a big space, but because of you all had to sleep in one space, it was a small space. So it was my mother, my grandmother, and my two brothers and we all shared we all slept in one big ass space, you know? And that type of stuff can really be kind of like like it can take a toll on you after a while. You yeah. Because you don't really have you don't really have a sense of privacy. Someone always needs you to do something, so you don't really have the opportunity to get out and really do anything else because <clears throat> you're young and they they want you to babysit or or you just don't have any privacy when you want some time to yourself. So that kind of took a toll on me after a while. And then as I as I got into high school and I seen some of the stuff I could be doing out here to keep me outside the house and making money. 
So just a random example, I started off selling drugs. You feel me? So when that opportunity became before me, I, I obviously took it. And then from that point on, I wasn't really in the house as much. But I, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know the downside of me getting into what I was getting into. I just seen the benefits of the money it could bring me. You yeah, exactly. So, so I didn't, I didn't really. And another, another thing about me when I was younger was I wasn't really taught how to manage money. I was only taught how to save it. And I was only taught by the stuff I really seen and tried to do for myself. I didn't really have anybody going up to try and try to really show me how to hustle too much. I really had to, and I was the oldest out of five, so nobody was really there to teach me anything. I had to, I had to hop off the porch, so to speak, you feel me, and learn everything myself. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So I started off doing that, you know what I'm saying? And then eventually when that, 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 that didn't work, I started hanging around a group of people. You feel what I'm saying? They didn't, once again, they didn't have their future planned out. They just had their day planned out, their day by day planned out. You feel me? Which was, which was literally just, 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 just smoking weed, robbing people, selling drugs all day. You feel me? Whenever something came up, and whenever something came up, they took it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? So, Eventually, I, I, I seen, I seen, I didn't see the damaging side of that, the obvious damaging side of that. I just seen an opportunity to make more, basically, temporary money, like short, short-term money. Because I'm, because I'm young, I'm already, I'm already out here selling drugs, so I'm thinking, ah, y'all just doing a little bit extra, so why, why, why can't I do that? You feel what I'm saying? And then some of the people in my circle were hanging around these same group of people. And I was really the only, and I was really the only one that wasn't in tune. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say you say it was peer pressure. But at the same time, I didn't want to, when you're younger, you don't want to be the only one that's not involved with something if literally a majority of your circle is getting involved. You get what I'm saying? So I got, I got involved in that. And then from that point on, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, if you want to say at that point in time, because I was like 16, 17, you can say I was making more money, but it was a price that came with it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I started, I started learning, I started learning more about, I started learning more about, more about guns. You see what I'm saying? I started learning more about drugs, different types of drugs to sell. I started learning more about how to rob people, how to, how to really get inside people's heads. You feel what I'm saying? Like just random stuff like that, like what drugs to and not to take. Of, of course, I didn't, I don't do anything with such be, but. You feel what I'm saying? I would just put on game as the different drugs, how they sell, how, how the, the areas you can rob people in, et cetera, et cetera. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, so, real quick, real quick. I think that I think that's something that's overlooked and uh, and something that I experienced in my lifetime. And, 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 and yeah. you know, just by knowing you and the bond that we have, because like I said, I look at you as a motherfucking brother, like a blood brother. Uh I, th- I think that sometimes it's hard to tell a child, you know, because at 16, you're still a motherfucking child. Uh, I'm 25 and I don't have life figured out. You feel what I'm saying? And one of the things that's, that's true is that you can't tell a fucking child to think about the future when he doesn't want to be alive now. And, and, and at 16... When people are telling me, yo, bro, you know, you're going to fuck up your life. You know, you got to think about when you're motherfucking this year's old or whatever. It's like, no, man, I think I'm going to die tomorrow. I don't want to wake up tomorrow morning. So you're telling me to think about 10 years from now. But you don't understand I'm living in hell right now. I'm there already. 
and 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 that's a fact. But also going left, it well, see for me, it depended on the type of energy I took in. So so I was I was I was around a lot of negative energy. You feel what I'm saying? So exactly. when you, and me too. I, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't the type of person to sit there. If you if you were, if you were gonna sit here and tell me. I'm not gonna be successful in ten years. I, I was I wasn't the type of person that's gonna be like, I need to suck my dick. You feel me? That wasn't me. Yeah. I was the type of person where I wasn't gonna take it too much in the heat because because in my mind I knew what I was doing. If I'm presented if I if I'm presented with more negative opportunities that can financially gain me than I am a positive, why would I why would I listen to the positives? You feel what I'm saying? If I don't if I don't see any proof or anything behind the positivity you're trying to instill in me, but I see proof behind the what what's currently what's currently dragging me in, which is which is which is what we're gonna say the negative influence. Yeah, exactly. You get what I'm saying? And that might make sense. So it's not it's not it's not necessarily it's it's really just kind of tuning you out because you're you're kind of already drowned in in ne- negative thoughts, not so to speak, not not really more so negative thoughts, but you're, you're more so down to negativity and you're surrounded by people that are really no good for you future-wise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, so I think, I think one of the biggest problems when it comes to negativity, when it comes to, you know, being surrounded by, you know, people that are not looking out for the best of your interests, but also, you know, you're living a life where you don't actually care about the best of your own interest because you've never been taught that you've never been taught you've never been taught that you know for me and i'll say this shit a million times and i don't give a fuck what anybody thinks like my mom worked 30 years as a security officer for the trump casinos uh uh and then when when motherfucking she retired and we moved to North Carolina, she had to take shitty ass jobs just to pay the bills. And I remember to this day, my mom crying at the table, at the fucking dinner table, paying her fucking bills. And when I was 15, I was selling weed and I was in the car with my mom. And I told my mom, I said, mom, I'm gonna give you money for the bills. And she said, what? And I said, mom, I'm going to give you money for the bills. And she said, how are you getting money? And I told her, I said, mom, don't worry about that. Da, 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 da. And she was like, no, how are you making money? And then I told her and she kicked me out of the car. She kicked me out of the car, man. And, and we were like five miles away from the house. And I had to walk to the house. But it was because I was like, yo, I'm so fucking tired of seeing you struggle. I'm so fucking tired of, I don't have this, this image in my head of somebody that doesn't worry about money. I don't have this image in my head of somebody that just goes to work and they come home and they live comfortable and they pay all the bills and they have a little bit of extra money to spend so they get to go on a vacation every year. I didn't have yeah. that. I didn't have that. So to tell me that I should look up to motherfuckers that have that it's not even in my reality. Yeah, I didn't even. It doesn't seem feasible to you. Yeah, I didn't even know that there was millionaires. You know why I didn't know there was millionaires? Because my mom couldn't afford to get us fucking uh, two pairs of fucking shoes for the year. We'd get yeah. one new pair of shoes every fucking school year. Like, come on, bro. You know, you know, you know, I know, exp- I know that. Go ahead. and so where do you go? 
Where do you go from there? So you're talking about you experience negativity. You're talking about you're, you're starting to go down a much deeper road than just dabbling in, you know, selling drugs or, or doing that. So you get, you know, not, I'm, I'm not gonna say that you get, you know, caught in a certain lifestyle, but you become accustomed to the certain lifestyle where guns are involved, where, where robbing is involved, where drugs are involved. And where does that, where does that lead you? I mean, that eventually leads me, leads me, leads me being locked up because I, I, I did something I really, really could have avoided doing. You know what I'm saying? And even at that point in time, when that happened, I still didn't learn my lesson because I was, I was outside when I, I was, when I first got locked up for the very first time, I was in jail for exactly two weeks. When I got out, I only got bonded out one time. And when I got bonded out that one time, which was my first time, I was on house arrest. And even at that point in time when I was on house arrest, I still didn't learn my lesson. You know why? Because I was still, because there was still a lot of negative influences. Once again, there was nobody to sit there and tell me, that you shouldn't do that. There was no male figure to tell me why I was wrong, why I was wrong. There was niggas around me to tell me why I should, why, what I should do next time or what I shouldn't do next time so I can really get away with it. You feel me? So it wasn't, it, there was no type of, influence on me to you feel what to I'm help saying? you to right right to help me to help me so i was i was still outside I, at first at first i wasn't when i first when i first started robbing people i was only robbing literally people you feel what i'm saying so then when i got put on house arrest and i got out that i stopped doing that but i kept on i was still outside in areas i shouldn't have been in still selling drugs you feel what i'm saying i was little i was literally i was literally outside my house because I, I had to be i had to be in the house by 6 p.m. and I could only leave after 6 a.m. So it was 6.01 at the clock and I was literally outside the door. Just just trying to trying to do whatever I can to make money for whatever short, short term thing I really wanted or needed. You feel what I'm saying? So, so real quick, hold on, hold on, real quick before you go forward. Yeah. Um, reflecting back, cause this was like 17 or 18, right? This was, yeah, yeah, 17, 18, yeah. Okay, so. You're 22 now. Did you ever feel like you had a point to prove? Did you ever feel like you had to show? So for me, I, I'll tell you right now, I was dealing with so much at home. I was dealing with so much at home when I was a kid that I had to prove to other people when I was at school, when I was, you know, fucking with the gangs, when I was fucking with the drugs, when I was fucking with the whatever, that I was the motherfucking angriest dude you knew. I had to prove yeah. that because I had already carried that chip on my shoulder. I was already hating the motherfucking world. So I had to prove like, oh, you, you think you don't care? Nah, I really don't care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Yeah, it was really like a, like, a, like a whole live I don't give a fuck contest. Yeah, and it wasn't even you know? to anybody else but myself. Like, I was yeah. proving to myself that I don't care about myself. You feel what I'm saying? 100%. But, uh, so go ahead. So you get locked up. You're locked up for two weeks. You bond out. You're on house arrest. What's the next thing that, that, uh, that uh, you know, pulls you, into, uh, pulls you into the wrong direction? Uh, the next thing that pulled me into the wrong direction really was, was exactly what I was looking for because I was looking for something else to give me some some quick money or some quick cash. You feel what I'm saying? And and at that point in time when I was really like on the move selling drugs, uh, you can say you can say you can say uh, it was it was a slow season, so to speak. 
You know what I'm saying? It wasn't bringing in as much as I would like to put the summer stuff as I wanted. And at that point in time, I only wanted clothes and food in my house because it, it was none of us in the house. It wasn't always food in the house we needed, regardless of how, how nice the house looked on the inside. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's none of us in there. So I, was, I just wanted some, some of my own personal food and first and clothes at the time. But I'm 16. I, I, didn't, I didn't 16, 17. I'm, betwe- I'm between 16 and 18. Well, 16 and 17, and at that point in time, I didn't really picture myself even getting to 21. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. wasn't really, I wasn't really, I wasn't really saving for the future. I was just, I was just spending whenever I seen an opportunity come up because I wasn't thinking, I wasn't thinking ahead. I was just thinking for the right now. You know what I'm saying? And that was very damaging towards me because then when more opportunities came, and that's what I started doing. So me being young and dumb, I can, I can say I was young and dumb back then. You feel what I'm saying? I started, I started, I started robbing people, robbing people's cars or taking whatever was in their car. You feel me? Or I started doing stuff like breaking their houses. Mind you, I'm on house arrest at this point in time. So I'm, I'm, I'm out doing this shit like broad day, like one, one, like, like 12 in the afternoon, one in the afternoon. Like, like literally just trying to get back to the house. You know what I'm saying? And after that, and after I first did it, you know, you know, you know, you know when you're young and you get away with something, you, at that point in time, you start to feel invincible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I kept on, I kept, I ain't gonna say I kept on, but every now and then I was dipping and diving back doing the same thing, which was running up in people's cars and, 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 and houses to see whatever else I could find in there. It wasn't nobody there to, to tell, to show me better, to tell me better, so I didn't know any better at that point in time. I only knew how to do what I was seeing or what I was showed or what I was taught. Exactly. You feel me? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't, I mean, I'm not putting blame on anybody, but at the same time, you can only, you can only, you can only do what you know. You feel what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I'm if I'm out here if I'm out here selling drugs and and and, and doing everything else I shouldn't be doing to make some money. I, obviously because that's what I know. Nobody's pulled me to the side and telling me, yo, you can you can go with the military. You can be a pilot. You can you can be a fucking physician. You can be a fucking. You can be a doctor. Nobody's ever told me that. So I don't think that type of goal is really for me to achieve. So all I know is how to sell these drugs and how to how to how to take what I take what I want to get. Man, you know I, I've I'm always saying? said I've always said. And uh, again, you know, I've done, you know, I do motivate, I, I do motivational speaking. I talk to, yeah. you know, a lot of people that are not sure exactly how they want to spend their futures, exactly how they want to, you know, move forward in life. And I try to talk to younger people because I think it's most important that we plant these seeds into uh, younger people's heads. And I, I believe that I only needed one person. If one person would have came into my life that was influential, then I would have had someone, just just one person, tell me that, hey, you can be great. You can succeed in life. You can change the world if you put your mind to it. But I never had that. I never had one person. Uh, um, I, I've had people tell me I could do better. I've had people tell me that I need to get my shit together. I've had people tell me that, you know, life isn't high school or isn't what I'm going through now, but I never had that one person and something that I'm going to instill into my son's head very early on is that if he decides that he's going to change the world, then he can do it. And yeah. Part of my life purpose in my head, in my mind, 
with the take the world, with the, with the speaking, with being open about mental health, with being open about physical health, without being open about all the fucking struggles I've been through in my life is like, all I needed was one person. I needed one person to fucking grab, again, grab me by the fucking shirt, punch me in the chest, and say, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? You're great. You're gonna be great one day. If you don't figure see, that you, shit out, you're gonna throw it all away. And see, when you when you when you don't have that, you feel invincible. But then again, when when a form of when a form of what you just said, when a form of that comes to you at a very early age, like before you expect it, that that can that can that can humble you and that can help you grow up a lot faster. I, well, not I'm not saying help you grow up a lot faster, but it it automatically causes you to grow up faster if you react to the situation as you should. You exactly. What I'm and I'm and I'm speaking on I'm, I'm speaking on a perspective of when I had to do my bid, because when I did my bid, I, I had turned myself in right after I graduated high school. So I yeah. graduated high school June 10th, and I turned myself in June 20th. I had to do a total of nine months in prison, and then I had to do 30 months on probation. So uh, somewhere along the line, my papers got messed up, and I had, and I had, and I had up, ended up doing nine months in the county jail downtown Charlotte. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go time down there. And when you when you go into the mindset of a high school kid into a jail, thinking shit is sweet, that 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 gets ended real quick. Because yeah, I promise you that if you go in there with that untouch, untouchable mentality, you will whether whether something happens to you or you see something happen to somebody, you will you will automatically have to tighten up. You know what I'm saying? And that's exactly. one and that's one problem. That's one problem with our young our young men these days that they're not put in situations where they they they're not put in situations where their their character is tested. You feel me? Not saying not not saying that that's a bad thing, but at the same time, you have to you, that character has to be tested because you need to because you, you have to you cannot be soft in this world. Just to sum it up, because you are soft. If you were coming to this world as soft, you will be ran over. You get what I'm saying? Like you can't you can't you can't think you can't think to move sweet in a in the around a pack of wolves, just so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody's gonna have their best interest. So. Yeah, when I when I when I when I did my bid, you know what I'm saying. It's just a there's a there's a lot of stuff that goes on in jail that that certain kids shouldn't see at a young age. How long you know were saying? you in there? I was in there for nine months. Nine months. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't do it. Huh? No, I, I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say. So you were in there for nine months. How long do you think it uh, it took you after the nine months uh, to adjust back to a uh, to, to real life. Oh, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't take me that long to adjust, really. Uh, no, nah, it, it, oh, I mean, yeah, it took it took, it took me a few months. I'm not gonna say that long. It took, it took me a few months because I was still out here. When, when I when I first got out, the opportunity was still the opportunities I had before, as far as doing the negative, were still presenting themselves to me. But I was fresh out and I was on probation, so obviously. I turned that down. And I can really say probation is kind of what helped me out as far as staying on a straight and narrow. Because if I wasn't on that, I wouldn't have had a reason to really, like, maneuver how I maneuver now, which is really just mind my business and, and, and chase these goals that I want to achieve. Exactly. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, you feel me 100%. I don't, I just don't, um... When I, when I, when I got out, that's really because the mentality I gained while I was in there was not the same mentality I had before. I had to carry myself very differently. You know what I'm saying? It just, it just, it just. I look at jail as a gift and a curse because it humbled, it humbled me while I was while I was at a young age. You know so saying? I follow up. And I'm glad. Go ahead. 
So I follow a guy, his name is Wes Watson, and, uh, yeah. and, and I'll send you all the information about him. He did 10 years in California State Prison. And, mm -hmm. uh, and he was a part of, you know, because when you're white in California or you're Hispanic or you're black, you're forced into a gang no matter what. And so he was forced into, uh, in, into a white gang while he was there. And now he's come out and he's a motivational speaker. He talks to businesses. He has a successful YouTube. He, he's a personal trainer. He's all these things. And one of the biggest things that he said is adversity exposes a man to himself. And uh, what you're talking about, about like being in jail and, and dealing with, you know, the reality of your actions. But not only that, now you're now you're around, you know, adults that are motherfucking like like 18, 19 years old. Like, I don't even consider that an adult. I don't consider a fucking 21 year old an adult anymore just because of how how much I've grown. Yeah, you know, from 21 to 25, I've I've grown mm -hmm. exponentially, and I'm sure by the time I'm 30, when somebody says, "Yo, I'm 25," I'm gonna be like, "Damn, bro, you're just a baby," you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah. uh, but that's what happens with life experience. But again, like adversity exposes a man to himself. I think that at a very young age, I knew who I was, and I think that what you're talking about of like going through that uh, experience. Of, of going to jail for nine months, of turning yourself in right after you graduate, which for some people, and for me, uh, uh, before my mom passed, graduating high school was the only thing I ever did in my mind that made her proud of me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so that's such a big thing. And to be like, hey, I'm turning myself in uh, weeks after this. Um, adjusting back. And then also, I want to throw in like, Using your lessons that you learned while you were locked up to guide yourself on your, on, on, on your time out, uh, being out in the regular world, like, what did you do? Like, and again, like I said, like, you're an aspiring actor, you're an aspiring model, you're about to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I can't be more proud of you from the person that I've that I that I met you as to the person you are now, and I'm not just fucking saying that because I don't fucking just say anything. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like any of my yeah. listeners know me, and they know I don't just talk to fucking talk. So, you know, what did you do differently, and and what lessons held up as you were moving forward? Uh, what I learned differently was just really, really how to maneuver. Because, because I went from I went from trying to be a everybody pleaser to doing what was best for me as an individual. You get what I'm saying? Because, and I also feel like one of the reasons why I acted out, how I acted out, that led to me being locked up, was because I had I wasn't I wasn't I was very insecure with myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I wasn't really I wasn't really happy with with myself or my with my with my with my physical features or my or my living disposition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause you know, you know, I used to be real, real sharp at the time. You feel me? And at, at that point in time, I felt like wasn't no, wasn't no, wasn't no bad females with each other for no chubby fat nigga. You know what I'm uh, saying? That's yeah, the time yeah, I felt yeah. at the time. You feel what I'm saying? So, so when I got out, obviously I, I did, I did a little bit of working out, and I was in there, kind of changed my mentality. Yeah, that kind of, you know, kind of overall, I don't want to say it got me completely militant minded, but it just has me. It, I, I'm just, I just, I just, I just maneuver differently. I know how to stay calm in every situation at hand. 
I, I try my best to stay calm at every situation at hand. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. out of the emotion, you know? So, and the opportunities that presented themselves to me was obviously work. I didn't, I didn't know how to really get a job work because up until, up until 19, 19 going on 20, I was really just, I was really selling drugs and robbing. So I wasn't really sure as to how to all get the job thing work. So I didn't get my first job until I was 20 years old. You feel me? Yeah. So when I, when I, that, that presented itself to me, I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, obviously, the, the, the simple stuff, like you get paid every two weeks or every week, that, that was all stuff that was really new to me. You get what I'm saying? And as I was working my regular job, I was getting random compliments like, yo, you, you, do you ever, uh, have you ever tried getting into the Because you have, you, you, you have very beautiful features, you got nice eyes, your hair is nice, you got nice jawline. Those just random things that I, I, at first I didn't see about myself until I had to start realizing what my own worth was. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was when I started realizing my own worth that, that I could really take compliments and we would, would heed and, and do something with that. You get what I'm saying? Because I, I didn't, once again, I, I, until, I, until I came home from jail, I was a chubby individual. When I came home, okay, sum, sum it up. I got locked up, I was 215. When I came home, I was 185. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So a lot, a, lot, a lot really came with that. They didn't come with that before because I had to wait. Like, like, like a lot of that. When I first came home, it was like a lot of women, a lot of, a lot of compliments, a lot of different opportunities. And it was all kind of really, really hit me at, at one time a little bit. I didn't even know how to take that. So I just wanted to take, taking it slow, slowing things down and taking it at my pace. It might have been too slow. Somebody said it was too slow. Somebody said it was regular. But I, I had to take things at my own pace because I wasn't ready for it at the time when I first got out. You feel what I'm saying? So when, when, uh, when I wasn't getting all these compliments or when I wasn't really taking heat into it or taking it too serious because, once again, I didn't think that of myself. You get what I'm saying? But... But it wasn't until I really had to self-reflect on myself that like what, what do I have to do to really be great? You know what I'm saying? What do I have to do to really maximize my potential? I wanted to, I wanted to do whatever it took for me to be successful and for me to really get myself out there one way or another. When I started getting the compliments I was getting and I really realized I can really, if I keep working out how I was working out and I was locked up, I can really stay like this and I can probably use my lips for some form of opportunity. That's what I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Because somebody saw potential in me enough to get me started to help me build my portfolio and get my photo shoots at home. You feel me? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. At the same time, at the same time, that took that took a very long time. It took a long time of it took years to really. It, it it takes a long time. It took a long time for me to build the confidence that I had to really get behind the camera and do what I do. Because I, there are certain point in times where even though I lost all the weight that I lost, I still feel like that chubby kid that was super chubby and he was and he wasn't that confident in himself. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. But it just took it, it just took experience and life to really to really get that. I would I would call it like a form of depression. You feel me? To get yeah, out yeah. Of me because that depression that 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 depression really kept me from achieving a lot of opportunities and missing out a lot of opportunities because I was comfortable with my disposition. The best way I can really sum it up. Yeah. I so I was bro. So something that you said is that like no matter how far you got, like you always felt like that chubby kid. You always felt like. You know that depression, that fucking whatever, was uh was was holding you back. Whatever it is, da da da. And uh, bro, so I felt the same way. So a year ago, um, I was 205 pounds, and I can remember like staring at myself in the mirror and saying like, "You're a fat fuck," and uh, and, and just not happy with my weight and not happy with the way I looked and not happy with whatever. And so this whole last year of my life. I had uh, I had went through a really bad battle with drinking, 
and it was the very first time in my entire life where I had no uh, physical obligation to perform anything. And so I'm, I'm drinking my fucking life away. I'm drinking every single night. Um, pretty much, excuse me, blackout drunk for a whole year. Excuse me. And, uh, and all that I'm saying to myself is like, oh, you know, you're going you're gonna to fix yourself one day. You're going to figure out the problem one day. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And, you know, fast forward a whole year and I gained 50 pounds. And I'm battling this depression that has been building up, building up, building up, building up, building up since I was fucking 14 years old. And now I'm finally in a position to face it and I didn't even know it existed. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, and, and something mm. that you just said was that like, no matter how far you got, you, you still questioned yourself about whether or not you were still that fat kid at heart. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and something that I think for us and for you, man, that I, man, I, again, bro, like I'm saying this shit again because I have to just keep fucking saying it because if nobody else fucking does, then I'll be the one to say it. Like, I'm fucking proud of you. I'm proud of the way that you've decided that you're going to take your fucking life back. I'm decide that you've decided that you're going to move forward no matter how many fucking, you know, chips are stacked against you because... It's so important that you do so because how many fucking people have the cards stacked against them, they get the wrong fucking hand, and they just give up. We see it every fucking day. I can, yeah. name, I can name fucking 15 people that we went to high school with that got the wrong hand and they decided, fuck it, that's it. And so now they yeah. work at fucking McDonald's and they're gonna work at McDonald's for the rest of their fucking lives, uh, and, and, and they're never gonna have the car of their dreams, and they're never gonna have the house that they love, and they're never gonna be able to fucking take those vacations or buy that fucking whatever, and it's because they decided very early on that you settle for the fucking shitty hand you got, and you just push through. Well, I'm tired of fucking pushing through, and from everything that I've gathered from you, from our recent conversations and why I thought it was so important to do this podcast because somebody's gonna fucking listen to this and somebody's gonna be going down the wrong path and they're gonna say, fuck man, I never had anybody tell me that I was better. Uh, there's two people now. There's two people now talking on this fucking podcast and two people are telling you you can fucking do better. 100%. And it's about what you do for yourself, too. You have to believe that in yourself. One thing we have to stop doing as individuals is we, we, we it's appro approval or compliments always appreciated. We have to stop looking for approval from, from, from people whose opinion in all reality do not matter. You feel what I'm saying? So, so you need, you, before you accept a compliment to somebody else telling you that you can be great, you need to roll out of yourself and tell yourself that you can really be great. That's you it. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't be, you can't be, you can't be, you can't have a mental box to your environment. You can't be trapped by only what you see around you. You have to push, sometimes you have to push yourself to get out there and really see what else it is that you can do. You feel what I'm saying? Because if you don't and nobody does it for you, you'll be another victim of a cycle. Exactly. And so, so, go ahead. Oh nah, I was gonna say. So, so that that being said, you feel me? You you, you just can't that you, you just can't you just can't do that. You know yeah. what I mean? You have to you have to 
self-love is the best love. You, you have to reflect on yourself, ask yourself what you need to do to become great. Once once, once you stop looking for approval from somebody else and start realizing what you can do for yourself to be great, then I promise you you're probably like, like your, your days or your path, that can make your path to your goal a little bit easier. Not saying it'll be easy the whole way through, but that can make the path to your goal a little bit easier once you really realize that you do what's best for you and everything else will follow. You just have to really lock in and focus on the what's best for you. Boom. And uh, so, so, bro, just to, you know, not to cut you short, uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're fucking, you know, uh, almost 50 minutes over the time that I planned. And I don't want to cut this short, but we, we have to cut it short and we could just do another one sometime in the future. Um, what lesson, what, uh, what, what lesson would you say? That you've learned now. Now that you're, you know, you're you're an aspiring model. You're an aspiring actor. You're about to start this podcast. You've moved forward in your life uh, so much and so positively um, that you know. And and besides what you just said, what's something that like a daily task? What's something that you would say if you woke up in the morning tomorrow and and you wanted to drastically change your life? Um, what's something you would tell a listener to do? Because there's simple things. Like for me, whenever I tell my listeners anything, I say, yo, go to the gym. You don't fucking, you don't want to. Nobody wants to. I wake up at fucking, you know, four or five in the morning sometimes because I can't sleep. Yeah. And I'd rather fucking lay in bed with my wife and my son and uh, watch YouTube videos for fucking six hours until they wake up because I'm up at four. Uh, or I can go to the gym and I can make my day better and I can fucking sweat and I can earn my fucking day. Um, what would you tell somebody that's listening right now that's struggling between deciding to push their lives forward or stay in the fucking box that they've created, that their mom created, that their dad created, that their fucking friends have created around them, and they can't get out of it. I tell them to remain self-confident and chase your goals. You feel me? Because if you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for you. And that's just, that's just facts, plain and simple. You know what I'm saying? That that disposition might that disposition is only something you're going through. You have to do everything in your power to make it not a part of you. You feel me? So you can either you can either you can either get upset about it and fall victim to it and become a part of it, or you can look at it as encouragement to get out of the disposition and actually become something great. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Quitting is not gonna quitting is not gonna make your problems any easier. It's only gonna get it's only gonna get harder from there. It's gonna be life is rough when you're successful. Life is rough when you're broke. But you have to determine which which one you rather struggle for. You feel me? Boom. That's just that's just really about the that's just really about the sum of that. I rather I rather work my entire life until I'm fucking eighty years old to ensure that my wife and my son and any future children and my friends and my family and my fucking whoever don't have to. Yeah. Or that's a fact. Or. I can work my entire life for a fucking job that doesn't value me doing something that I don't fucking get motivation from or creativity from and I'm still going to die either way. 
That's a fact. And just don't quit. Because I really, like, trust me, when I was in jail, I see what quitting feels like. I was locked up for literally nine months. And I remember this dude so distinctively because he was in there almost every other month or week or holiday. It was this dude named Marlon. He was either Marlon or Marlowe. He was homeless on the outside and he had it good. He had it good with his people. His people was rich and everything. But he fucked it up himself. I'm not too sure as what he did, but he fucked it up himself. The sum it up, he wanted to be homeless. And he literally had nobody to, he had nobody to turn to because he fucked, he fucked up his, he basically burned bridges. You feel me? Yep. So he was, he was always, he was always in jail. Literally, every time he got out, he did something to get right back in. Every, every time. Because he had nowhere else to go. And he literally quit at life. So he decided, why not just chill in jail? They feed you, they, they give you clothes, you get a chance to shower, like you get a bed, three house on, three house on a cot. Yeah, you know, so yeah, that that was that that was their definition of quit, and that and that that was like the lowest to me. That was like the lowest level of of like the lowest level you could possibly get to. Like, you know what I'm saying? You just have to those the situation you see, you have to learn from. Don't let anything negative that can kill you later on in the road become a part of you. Exactly. You get what I'm saying? That this position is only just that it's a disposition it doesn't describe you it's not a part of you it's only something that you went through that you can get through it's not about the disposition but it's about how you bounce back from the disposition boom all right bro where where can the listeners find you uh y'all can find me on instagram if they want to follow me on instagram that two underscore carter uh that is all i have for y'all right now the podcast will be called let's talk about it and it will be airing hopefully this saturday the time will be about 12 o'clock in the afternoon i will have more details for y'all soon if y'all want to go ahead and just follow me on facebook uh not facebook but um instagram that two underscores carter you get what i'm saying uh yeah send me all yeah, the man. information and i'll and i'll put it in the uh i'll put it in the show notes bro thank you so much for uh giving me your time bro Oh, yeah, but 100% anytime, bro. Anytime I can endorse and help support, you know? Bro, we, we have to do this again, man. I think there's so much more uh, stuff that we need to go in depth on. I think that uh, we sold a few lessons short just to push towards other ones. And I think that because we know each other and we've known each other for so long, we can feed off each other's energy on uh on the on the podcast platform and and we can we can really make a difference as as adults as grown men talking about situations that most men most young men don't necessarily hear other people talking yeah. about yeah i'm just saying we really even scratch the surface boom take really the world